You're listening to Modern Mia, the podcast that tells the stories and discusses the topics that matter most to Black professional women and mothers. All right, so my name is Antonia Akatunde, and I am the founder of ModernMia.com. And with me in the studio, we have Shauna Stewart, who is a 28-year-old journalist and strategist living in Montclair, New Jersey. Hey, Shauna. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. And calling into the studio from D.C., we have Lolita Cannon, who is a 35-year-old writer and cultural and social critic. She's the creator and editor-in-chief behind ListenToLita.com. And her work has been featured on The Root, Very Smart Brothers, and Diverse Issues in Higher Education. Hey, Lolita. Hello, everyone. Hey. So today we're talking about something a little outside the norm for Modern Mia. We usually talk to uh, working moms about their decisions um, and how they're able to incorporate their children into work-life balance. Uh, but today we're talking to two awesome child-free women about their decision to stay child-free. But before we get into that, it's summertime and there seems to be like a lot of gender wars happening on Twitter where uh, Black men and Black women go at it about um, how one isn't living up to another person's standards about how that specific gender is supposed to be living and acting and in the summer, I guess there's talk about like fixing your man a plate and whether or not you should or shouldn't be doing that. Like, yep, what are you guys seeing? Yep. It's fixing plate summer edition because <laughs> the fall and winter edition happens around Thanksgiving and Christmas. OK. So we have the fixing plates issue, which is when you go to any function over the summer with barbecues, cookouts family reunions, you fix your man a plate. Now, I've said this is a black gender role. Twitter said it's a black gender role. You know, people who seem to have any kind of common sense. But this is really a talking point every year on the dot in the f summer and in the fall and the winter. And it just gets more and more stupid but more and more hilarious. And some people have some very strong feelings about the fixing plates thing. <laughs> like, what are you guys seeing? That you should do it and that... You go to a function, you fix your man a plate. If you don't, it's just considered disrespect. His family will look at you funny. His friends will look at you funny. Like, things that I just never heard of until maybe last year. Oh, my I'm like, gosh. Are you guys really sitting around thinking about this? Yeah, I guess I don't want to be at any family function where people are going to look at me like that, like, side-eye me for not giving me. And they you on how wonderful of a woman you are or how good a wife you'd be if you don't hand your man a plate and arrange the food correctly and make sure it's not touching. So I've seen actually a couple of different things floating around surrounding the topic. I have seen uh, people pose questions like, around the holidays, do you fix your man's plate or do you fix your dad's plate? Do you serve your man first? Do you serve your, um, your father? Um, and me personally, you know, I don't have a problem fixing a man's plate. Um, it's definitely never been a requirement in any of my relationships. Um, I definitely think... Men are fully capable of fixing their own plates. Um, but, I mean, sometimes if I do it, it's really not connected to servitude. It's more connected to, okay, this is a nice gesture. Because I know that just as sure as I would fix my man's plate, he would fix me a plate, too. Yeah. So, you know. No, I agree. It's been connected to a nice gesture, not an expectation or a requirement. And that's why I was so put off a couple of years ago. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> And I've had like family, like family friends saying, "What you wouldn't do that? That's why you're single. I guess that's why." Oh, okay. That, that, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah. guess it's, I guess it's a thing. It's like being invited to a church trade in the south. If you didn't, if you reject it, then you know. Oh. It's, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> I don't, but I'm, I don't know. I'm curious. But I'm curious to know the people who are telling you you're single. I mean, do they also have men of their own? Are they also single? <laughs> it's been a lot of men who said that. Oh, okay. And I some of them. So is this part of women playing their position, make me a sandwich type men? Or is it like just everyday guys being like, you know, it would be really, really nice if women thought to fix me a plate. I, I just, I, <laughs> I don't understand who the, who no, the guys the, are. The, the, the confusion is real. It's, and it's, <laughs> you have every right to have it because it's just, it can be you go out, you know, if you're in line first, you fix it. It's like, do you fix it and bring it to him? <laughs> Does he point out the food like he's a third grader? Like the, like the different levels of stupid. Yeah. And then no one seems to be talking about. <laughs> well, it's weird. Do. I'm from the school of thought that like, like I'm a meat eater. I am very carnivorous, but um, I still do the like dad gets the big piece of meat. And like I find myself doing that in my relationship where I'm like, 
like fixing fixing a plate. Oh my god, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> um, fixing, <laughs> fixing him a plate, and then I'm like, oh, he gets the bigger portion. But it's also me trying to like not competitive eat because I don't want to like continue this happy weight gain that I've been doing for so many so many years. <laughs> but um, it's interesting, like the weird ways gender dynamics play out with with black people. So like another thing that I saw was um should men let their women pump their gas if they're both in the car? And I was just like, um, is this what y'all have time to do? Like when I <laughs> pop into Facebook real quick or Twitter, you, this is like what we're talking about. But you know what though? That actually came up in a conversation I was having um last week. Uh, one of my friends, she was dating this guy and they were in the car together one day and, you know, she stops the car, gets out, and, you know, she sits there for a second and she said he was just all in his phone. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, he didn't even offer to pump the gas? Like, that's a big thing with me. Like, honestly, if there's any man in the car, I am not pumping the gas. You can forget about it. Do you think that's so, like a holdout from old gender roles? Like, do you think this is us needing to change the way we, we view the opposite sex and let the man, like, sit in the car because we're fully capable of pumping our gas? So my thing is, I'm definitely fully capable of pumping my gas. When I'm <laughs> alone, I pump my gas all the time. You know, but I don't necessarily have a problem with gender roles in their entirety. For me, it's just a situation where, look, if you're a man, like, if you own a penis, you're in the car with me, <laughs> I need you to get out and pump. And that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So that's, you know what I mean? And and I'll take full responsibility. You know, that may be, like, reverse sexism or what have you. Um, but I have no problem letting any man know that, whether it's my friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's my man. It just is what it is. Yeah. Reverse sexism just, like, kind of strikes me as reverse racism. Where it's like... <laughs> Um, y'all are in power though, so how can I be like is an ist against you in any sense of the word? Maybe it's a bigger question about us talking about gender roles in general in the millennium. <laughs> it feels like the internet is a space where even though we're in this, you know, brand new world of women doing it for themselves and women waiting longer to have families and this, that, and the third, we're still pretty beholden to traditional stereotypes when it comes to the conversations that people are having online. It's weird to see like conversations about $200 dates and if a woman wears this, is she like asking for it? Or I don't know, it just seems like these kind of conversations that happen online are, you know, not as forward or as evolved as you would expect them to be for where we are. For 2016. Yeah. <laughs> and debating like the value of nudity. Right. Um, Hotep Twitter has, you know, <laughs> always talking about black women shouldn't show their bodies unless, of course, you're posting naked photo of a woman being the mother of the earth in a, in a, in a bush. <laughs> then it's, then it's perfectly for a black woman to be naked on the internet. Yeah. But if she's doing it by herself in a bikini, then she's a thought. You know, <laughs> it all comes but back. Yeah. Go ahead. But the thing that I find interesting about this is that, you know, certain men are quick to point out, oh, this woman is wearing this, she's not wholesome, she's not this, she's not that. But they would be the first person to literally fuck this person. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's like they have these unreasonable expectations of women that they don't have themselves. And I actually wrote a piece about a week ago, and, you know, I was kind of, uh, I guess, contemplating or kind of putting out there it's interesting how, um, you know how last year, um, all of a sudden, Aisha Curry was the um, prototype of what a black woman or what a woman should be, yeah. and men all over the internet were kind of latching onto this, and you know what, I was like, well, are you looking at the type of husband that Aisha Curry has? Like, are you the type of man, or, you know, you a man who, you know, is... Uh, fearful of God? Do you respect your wife? Are you faithful to her? Do you take care of your children? Or are you dodging child support payments? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I like exactly. you, kind of need to, like, you need to do a little bit of self-introspection before you start, start throwing stones at somebody because of what they're wearing. And I mean, I think that's completely BS anyway. I am of the mind that women, no matter what they wear, are never asking for it. Nobody asks to be assaulted. Nobody asks to be raped. We are our own people and we have every right to express ourselves in whatever way we see it. Definitely, definitely. 
And on the Steve Curry, Aisha Curry thing, especially that video of her throwing confetti in in the back of the room, <laughs> and only the Nisha Curry. Okay, when's the last time you've done anything confetti worthy? Because <laughs> we don't waste confetti around. over here. We don't here. waste confetti over here. Exactly. <laughs> you know. You know what? I thought that was cute, though. I got it. You know what I no, mean? No, it was like great. Have- but I mean, he just came. Out, he's an NBA player and just lost the game. What have you done right. that's worth me throwing confetti for you? <laughs> I have, ton, I have tons of confetti. I mean, I do. Like, I have like, I like, I like pieces of paper. But you know, like, I just don't. No one's saying, "Oh, how can I be like this?" It's, "Oh, she has to be like that. Yeah. She has to Absolutely. cook. She has to clean. She has to be pretty." What are you doing? Like, I've never heard men subject themselves to any kind of criticism. And say, "What do I need to be?" Right. You know, right. we have all perfect. these dialogues about how women should be this, and in a world of Kim Kardashians being Aisha Curry, like I hate what? those kind of memes. They're so like I'm. Not to defend Kim Kardashian, but she can like do whatever she I wants love to Kim do. Kardashian. I, I um I love the show, but I just don't like the like compare and contrast women at the expense of another woman's identity. Like Kim Absolutely Kardashian not. can show off her tits if she wants to and take a picture of it, and that doesn't make her less than an Aisha Curry for being conservative and church yeah. and men have the comparisons and, lined and stacked up. It's so I have weird. to think of two men to compare to even do this analogy. Let me can't do it. I can't even. <laughs> I, I'm drawing a blank. And maybe yeah. I should have written some down. <laughs> But like, throw out a man who's seeming who's seemingly perfect in a world of, I can't even I can't do it. You can't. I can't. Well, maybe it's also because like women are such a commodity in pop culture. There's more women being consumed in that way than men. Because I can't think of like uh, maybe like Peter from Real Housewives. <laughs> Like instead, of, or maybe, or maybe Peter Guns from oh, Love yeah. and Pop New York. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We need to go for like the guys who were in reality TV, right? Instead of a, in the world of Peter Guns, be a Stephen Curry. Yeah, I, we I need mean, to do we that. Need to, we just need to do the start doing the same <laughs> thing. Remember to talk about how well he's a father to his kids and blah blah blah. You know, and look how mad they get. So mad. How angry they get, and it's really fun. We should just start doing it more. Masculinity is so fragile, as they say. <laughs> That one time I popped up on Twitter. It's like, oh, that's good. I'm going to use that in day-to-day life. (laughs) Oh, man. This is kind of a departure for us because we usually talk to working moms or single women who hope to have kids one day. Um, But we wanted to talk to women who have decided that they don't want to have kids because while having kids can be a defining part of a woman's life, it shouldn't be the only thing that she is defined by. We made that decision, like, I want to say a few days ago. And then um, recently I came across... Um, this article that Joey Bryant wrote for uh, Lena Dunham's Lenny letter about wanting people to stop asking her why she and her husband haven't had children yet. And it was really, it was a really interesting read because I felt like there was a moment where everyone was talking about um, women and um, women deciding that they didn't want to have kids and writing essays about it and composing anthologies around that. And as always, uh, there weren't really any women of color included in in those anthologies and those conversations. And I was like, I know there are some black women out here who don't want to have kids, and that's fine. Uh, so having someone who is in the public eye talk about it in such a frank and honest way was really cool. And I really like this quote from the the essay too. She says, while the lives and livelihood of women are still under assault, we have come so far and accomplished so much. We don't have to be automatic breeders. My womb doesn't belong to the world. It doesn't even belong to my husband. It is mine and mine alone. And my womb should be free to live as my nature intended. And if that doesn't include a child, that's okay, because I've got plenty of love to give and plenty of plants to help make the world a better place through something other than my offspring. So Lolita and Shauna, um, when did you guys realize that you didn't want to have kids? So this is this is Lolita here. Um, I was in my early twenties when I when I made the decision. Mm-hmm. So. And Shauna, what about you? You know, I never really had an aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was younger, I just figured eventually I'd want to. 
And I got into like my late teens and then early 20s and I got into college and I graduated from college and I thought, you know what, this feeling, I don't think it's going to happen and I don't think I want any. And that's when I realized, you know what, I don't, motherhood isn't something that I want and children are amazing and I love them, but I'm, that's, that's, not, that's not a path that I want to go on. And so I didn't really have a revelation. I just gradually realized that this isn't something that I want. It's not for me. Yeah. Were there any, for the both of you, were there any kind of like, like I know you had this this uh, slow realization over many years, but did you guys ever weigh the pros and cons about your decision to, to not have kids before you ultimately decided that it wasn't for you? So for me, um, I really didn't have any cons per se, uh, when the conversation would come up, it was other people uh, that had them for me. So, oh, you know, so I would constantly, yeah, I would constantly hear things like, who's going to carry on your name? You know, what about your legacy? Um, and, you know, my mom, she is always there to remind me that, you know, if you don't have kids, you won't have anybody to take care of you when you enter uh, into that geriatric stage of life. <laughs> um, in her defense, though, you know, she is also the one who never asked me about having children. She doesn't care about grandchildren. She doesn't care, you know, if I procreate or not. Um, she just wants me to be happy. So, yeah, I think it's ultimately, um, you know, it's really the people who don't really know you or know anything about you as far as my story is concerned who are always asking, you know, these questions, which I find to be completely ludicrous. Yeah, like, what are some of the things that you guys have heard um, when the subject comes up about you having kids one day and you're like, nah, that's that's not for me? Oh, everything under the sun. Um, you, don't, you know, I'm 28, so like, you don't have any babies, you want to start a family? Um, to, you know, you're going to get old and die alone, who's going to take care of you? You know, and you know, people like to strike the fear of God into you that you're going to die alone and that you have children that they can take care of you when you're older. And, you know, people seem to forget or not seem to want to talk about the fact that all people in nursing homes are parents. <laughs> okay, those people are in nursing homes and they're in hospices because sometimes because their children put them there. Yeah. And that's not enough of a risk for me to go through years and years children just so I don't die on someone to take care of me. I mean, it's, it is scary. To think, you know, I'm an only child, I don't have sisters and brothers, my parents are gone, and my aunts, you know, I might be alone. But that, that's not a risk I'm willing to take when it comes to, I'm going to say the word suffering, because I don't want children. Mm. I'm putting my happiness on the line for something that I don't want just so they can take care of me. That, se- that seems like it's, like you're not having children for the right reason. That you just want a security blanket in the end, and that's not... That's not how you, why you should have children. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but if all the reason you're having children is for people to take care of you when you're younger, I think that you're a little misguided. Yeah, start a yeah, retirement I, fund. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and just kind of just going back to the thing about legacies, you know, I know plenty of people who have children, and they aren't doing their parents' uh, purported legacy any justice at all. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like... Um, you know, like I had one of my family members a while back, I was home. I had one of my family members ask me about having kids and I'm literally, I'm looking at this woman and I'm like, yo, I'm like, your kid lives with you with your four grandchildren. I'm like, you live with your mother. You know, I'm like, what, why are you asking me these questions? I feel like you have no right whatsoever to even, you know, try to inquire about my life in such a way. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, second, I, I just feel like I'm an individual. So as far as a legacy is concerned, I feel like whatever I do on my own should be plenty to sustain whatever memories of me are presented, you know, when I'm six feet under. Um, I'm just really concerned right now with living my best life while I'm, you know, breathing and while I'm alive and when I wake up each day. Um, and I honestly just don't feel I can do that with kids. So I have no interest whatsoever. Yeah, and why is that? Like, what what to you would be living your best life, and how would uh, kids get in in the way of that vision? So, so for me, like one of the things I really like to do is travel. Um, you know, I can enjoy that without worrying about finding a babysitter for you know like an extended period of time or taking a child with me. Um, 
And then too, I mean, I guess it sounds superficial to a lot of people, but I'm I'm just allowed to indulge in whatever habit or whatever luxury and impulse on a whim without worrying about eating clothing, you know, preserving another human being. Like, that's golden for me. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I guess, I guess I would say, like, I'm definitely not an irresponsible person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there's just a certain level of recklessness that I'm free to engage in based on my decision not to have kids. So I can pretty much just, you know, do whatever I want. You know, I treasure my personal time and, um, my overall freedom to conduct myself and be where I want to be at practically any time I wish. Yeah. And, you know, that that's real. And I think that people find your the notion of you saying, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do, as so offensive. And they say you're selfish. And when you get some real responsibility, why are you touting kids as the epitome of responsibility? Right. <laughs> yeah. That is, I don't even I don't even understand that argument. Like, you don't get something... That you don't, you don't get something you don't want just to be responsible for it. You wouldn't, if you don't want a car, you're not going to buy one and spend thousands of dollars on maintenance just to have a car and say, I have one, I'm a responsible adult. That Having children isn't the marker of an responsible adult in any way, especially when there are tons of irresponsible people that have kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I, just, I just don't, I don't understand the logic behind all of this. And Absolutely. We know how kids are like little crumb snatchers. <laughs> you crumb know, snatchers. I personally like they are. They're little crumb snatchers. <laughs> I mean, I have eight godchildren and with each birthday the presents get more expensive. <laughs> um, you know, and not only that, like that's just that's like that's low hanging fruit. I mean, can you imagine being responsible for, you know, just another person's college tuition. I mean, just the things that come along with just being a parent. And the truth of the matter is being a parent doesn't really stop when your children turn 18. Right. I mean, and, you know, and I know this from experiences with my own parents. It's like, it's worry until one of you dies. Um, if my mom doesn't hear from me for like a few days, like she's ready to submit my profile to the black and missing website. I'm like, mom, I'm okay. Like, I'm not going to call you every day. You know, like she's sending me text messages. She's like, let me hear from you. Are you okay? You know, so it's, it's a humongous responsibility that I do not wish to take on at any point in life. Yeah. And you should be allowed to make, to make that decision for yourself. I think it's, um, it's interesting that, uh, people are so, so far up women's wombs all the time, wanting to tell them uh, what's what and, and saying, what they should be doing with them. And saying that our excuse, they're not even excuses, our reasons, saying that our reasons aren't valid. Like, for example, it's expensive to have a child. Well, you know, people have children and they, they figure out how to afford them. Why do I need to figure out how to afford something I don't want? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it comes back to the car issue. If you don't want a car because it's too expensive, you don't want a Lambo because it's too expensive. Why you wouldn't get one. And if you wanted the Lambo, you'd figure out, what am I not eating anymore to get the Lambo? I don't need to do any of that because I don't want any children. <laughs> you don't want the Lambo. I don't want the Lambo, exactly. <laughs> and no one's saying children are awful. I'm not saying that. I just don't want them. It just, it just doesn't, the, looks of the logic doesn't come together with me for that, for things like that. That's fair. <laughs> but, you know, I, like, I personally feel that women who are able to recognize um, that they don't want children, I really think they should be commended. You know, I feel like all the time women are chastised for making the decision not to start families um, on other people's timelines. Or, you know, they're shamed or goaded into childbirth and raising children. But... I also think that people aren't really looking at the other side of things. You know, I think it's important for people to kind of examine how women and families are treated once a child is actually brought into the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, what do you mean by that? So, for example, um, just look at Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. You know, he's absolutely enthralled, um, you know, to be able to spend time with his family, but he opposes family leave. Like, in 2009, he voted against the Federal Employee Paid Paternal Leave Act. Um, you know, and the thing is, 
he represents the GOP, who is a group of people that pride themselves on being pro-life. So you have this group of people, they pride themselves on being pro-life, no-cut cards, and then their policies towards women and women's reproductive rights are completely insulting, period. I mean, their attitudes are pervasive and they're dangerous attitudes because it's like you can't expect for women to work the future leaders of anything and you don't even want to allow the women to be able to be with the children and raise the children and care for the children in their formative years. Yeah. I think that's, that's it's a sham. You know or even I mean? be able and to I'm, afford for them either with like not wanting to raise the minimum wage up to $15 or like a living absolutely. wage. Yeah. It's just wrong. Yeah, for a party that like claims to love family so much, they're really they really are on the wrong side of everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you think that it's especially pearl clutching for a black woman to say that she doesn't want to have kids? Because someone pointed out that one of the women that I spoke to leading up to this conversation was saying that black women are you know, their fertility is something that is such a stereotype, like, oh, we're running around having all these kids. And it's something that women who end up being infertile also face, like, oh, I'm, I'm black and fertility is supposed to be something that, like, isn't an issue for, for our community. Uh, so for a woman to, to say that I, I don't care about that part of, of my biology, I just don't want to have kids, is that something that, like, some people might find troubling more so than with other races? I think for black women, this is just from the black experience that I'm talking about, I think we have this image of the black family that we've been holding on to for so many years, and it might be steeped at that point in time. We can even get married, and now we can get married, and now we can have kids, and now we can, you know, raise our families. That, you know, we forget that there is sections of the, pop- of the black population who don't want any kids, and we don't make room for them and to, have, to be part of that conversation. You know, we just love to talk about, you know, the black family and how it's so important. But just because you don't have kids doesn't mean you don't want a family. Oh, what do you mean by that? I mean, I want to get I mean, I do want to get married. Yeah. And people say you don't want to get married and start a family. Is my husband going to be my friend? We get married and be friends? Be roommates? No, he's going to be my family. Yeah. You know, and like I'm close to my family and the aunts and uncles. I just procreation isn't a thing for me at this time. So or or at any time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like marriage isn't just to have kids, but for so many people, it's like you get married, you wait a year, you have kids, and then it becomes all about the kids. So you don't even really think about, oh, what were you going to say, Lolita? No, but that's so crazy because I actually have a friend who believes that there's no point in getting married if you don't want children. And I'm like, what is that? that (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, where does that mentality come from? (laughs) Yeah, you don't even realize how much of tradition you're playing into until like like talking to you guys and hearing about like, you know, um, your decisions. It's like, oh, I didn't realize how much I thought like this was part of the the path that you do. Like you, you know, speaking of college tuitions, you like blow all your money on college. <laughs> you like you're single for a while. You find the person that you want to be with. You get married. You have kids. And then you like focus on your kids for 18 years and then. You know, you have empty nest syndrome and figure out who you are again. And then you have grandkids. And then, like, I didn't realize how, like, linear that path seemed to me. Like, I took it for granted that, you know, maybe not everyone wants that path. Well, and I feel like then the other side of it, too, is, um, and I was kind of saying this earlier, um, you know, like, I have a friend, a girlfriend who's been married um, just only for a short time. I think she's probably been married, I want to say it's going into the second year. Um, And, you know, when she told me that she was pregnant last year, you know, ultimately she also kind of confided in me that she wished um, that they had waited because she wanted more time to be able to, you know, enjoy, I guess, her union with her husband and just like one-on-one time with him. And, you know, I think it kind of really hit her, you know, when this child comes, it's going to be three of us. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I don't want to say children make you lose yourself or your sense of relationship or anything like that. But um, because they are such a huge responsibility, I think it can definitely have an effect on your relationship. 
And, yeah. and you know what? It can make you. It can make you feel a certain way. Like, oh, you know what? It was only my partner that I used to be able to focus on, but now I have, you know, a child who pretty much needs my attention twenty four seven. Yeah. It's definitely all consuming just from the conversations I've had. And um, the last episode we um, had uh, two women talk about like the the way their life changed from being single to uh, being married to being a mom. And there are like tons of opportunities to lose a sense of who you are while taking care of uh, this child who, you know, if you want this child, you love them. And um, it's it's a willing sacrifice that you're making, but it's still a sacrifice. Exactly. And, you know, people talk about all those things, but people who want kids, people who want children, those are things they embrace. They know their relationships are going to change and they might have less money because they're spending on their children and they're going to have less time. But I mean, for someone who doesn't want kids, none of that is appealing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) None of that is appealing. That's not, that's great. You know, like I found myself. You need to have a child to find yourself. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, all of these reasons... For people who want children, they're great. But, you know, people who take knowledge and respect other people, that's not for them. They want to be able to travel, wake up late, have disposable income. You know? Absolutely. Those are yeah, all like, very valid things, you know? Like, and, like, yeah. And to use examples like, oh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt have kids and Will and Jada have kids. They oh, have y'all. millions of dollars. Oh, I'm not going to see that amount of money in my entire life. <laughs> So Don't in even. reality, with the money that I will make in the future, I can't bring any kids with me. Wait, I'm sorry. Who's, t- who's using Will and Jada as an example for you to like <laughs> want to have kids? I, that's not even a good example. But I mean, pe- when people bring up... When I talk about the cost of childcare, you right. know, other reasons why I just don't want kids, other than the fact of me just not wanting them. When I have to b- pull out receipts and evidence <laughs> because I need to do that to prove that I don't want any heavy children, you know, or people, because people, people need more reasons other than I don't want any, you know. And then I think we treat pregnancy as just this thing that happens, which is another one of the most annoying things in the entire world. Well, it might just happen. Pregnancy doesn't just happen. You don't just get pregnant. Yeah. Well, that's that's a question <laughs> right, that's that I wanted to ask. Concentrated effort. even when you don't think it is (laughs) Um, things are happening but that's a question that I wanted to ask you guys like with your decision uh to to remain child free um how does that affect like your your birth control and how how you decide to stay um child free so um so I'm in a committed relationship right now so I say baby free via the pullout method I hope my mom's not listening um (laughs) You know, I definitely, I definitely don't want to be out here touting sexual irresponsibility. Um, so I will add that um, it's absolutely necessary for people to partake of regular comprehensive STD checks. You know, I go every six months to make sure I get a complete panel. Um, but, you know, obviously, like, when I'm non-committal, I use condoms with a vengeance. Um I do, however, refuse to use hormonal birth control um, just because of the negative effects it can have on a woman's body. I've, you know, never really been into that, so mm-hmm. I just make a decision not to. Yeah. So, like, no, like, I don't do any pills. I don't do anything that I have to, like, inject or put under my skin for, like, an extended period of time. I'm good. I don't, I don't, I don't engage in that. So. Yeah. I mean, but more power, more power to anybody you know, that that's working for, it's just not for me. Yeah. But um, when you have conversations about uh, partners, is the fact that you want to be child-free something that comes up in the in um, your, like, getting-to-know-you dating conversations? Um, if I'm talking to a prospective gentleman caller, um, <laughs> I'm usually pretty, I'm pretty open about it. Um, I'm not going to say, I don't want to get to talk about you, because that sounds crazy. But I'm glad you were going into the conversation. Like, if we're out in the summertime for ice cream and a cute little kid runs by, oh, my God, they're so cute. I don't really want any, but oh, my God, too cute. You know? And I think it's, I, I personally think that it's productive to have the conversation as early as possible, especially someone that you might end up liking. My mom doesn't agree. She says, get to know the person first. But, I mean, at this point, we're not teenagers. I'm not teenagers. I'm, I'm pushing 30. 
That sounds so awful the way I said it. No, like, it's like fine. 30, like the 30s. Oh, 30s not old, but I'm saying, no, you know, no. I'm getting to the point As where. As a 31-year-old, I'll tell you that it's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But I think what I mean is I'm getting to a point where we start dating with a purpose. No, it's true. It's you know? true. It's not, and it's not fun time anymore. people are looking for wives. And why waste someone's time? Yeah. You know, I want my time wasted. And I've ended a relationship that was a college relationship that we were, we've been dating for years. And I was like, I don't really want any kids. And that wasn't the only factor. But I knew that he did want children. And later on, we talked as friends. And he was saying, you know, I wouldn't go to school and get a degree if I didn't have a family that I wanted to support in the future. And, you know, what if he just kept dating? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I I think it's productive to have that kind of conversation. I definitely agree with that vantage point. Um, like, I'm the kind of person, like, jumping off the porch, I won't even go on a date with you if I know that, you know what, you want kids, I want kids, it's probably not going to work. I'm going to just... You know, put that out there right now. And some people might be like, oh, that's premature. But, you know, just like you said, I don't need to waste anybody's time. Like, you know, I feel like some people have certain goals that they're trying to ascertain. Popping a baby out, not one of my goals. So, you know, I'm going to let you kind of know that right off the bat. Um, just as far as the way, I guess, my decision has affected my relationship, I would have to say, um, so I normally date older men like, at least by 10 years or so. Um, so a lot of the time they share a mentality as far as not having um, kids. So they're okay with my decision. Um, the person that I'm with now, he's been married before, he's divorced, and he has a son who's almost 30. Um, but then, like, you know, when I would date people who, I guess, were kind of um, – around the same age as, as I was, um, a lot of them would take the attitude like, oh, you know, I'll be able to change your mind. <laughs> you know, and then just a lot of other people are like, oh, well, you haven't met the right man yet. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, my life decisions are not fully predicated upon seeing this Prince Charming that you speak of. I'm like, this is my decision. You know what I mean? So no amount of fineness, you know, no matter how tall you are, no matter how chocolate, it's not going to change my decision. Like, I ain't birthing no baby. Get over it. <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt. I ain't birthing no babies. I would buy one. You got a customer. Get over it. <laughs> I ain't birthing no babies. Get over it. <laughs> uh, why do you think it's something that black women here, or I guess it's women in general, though, like, um, why do you think women here... Why do you think women get more pushback about a decision not to have kids than, than men who don't want to have kids would? Because, I, you know, I think um, just historically, women's worthiness has been tied to having children. I mean, I really do think it's as simple as that. It's kind of like, you know, if at some point in your life you own a vagina and you're not barefoot and pregnant, something's probably wrong with you, which is clearly not the case. But, I mean, I honestly think that that is... Um, that's, that's an extensive mentality that's propagated. So, you know, we just have to do all we can to try to combat it. Yeah, it's it's funny that women's work is um, still tied to um, the domestic realm as opposed to, like, you know, where we're graduating more than they are. We're, like, you know, trying to make more money than they are. We're trying to, you know, we have more... Um, white collar jobs than, than men do, but we're still being held to this, um, as you say, barefoot and pregnant criteria a lot of times. What do you think, Shauna? You know, I agree. I think that women's value has been placed on how many children they pop out or how good mothers they were or, you know, what good family providers they were. And I feel like people attach that value to women and when they don't have any of that, they don't want to look at any other measurements. The, oh, she's a phil- she's she does charity work, or she travels, or she's an excellent designer, or she's a great storyteller. It's oh, but how many kids does she have, and how are they eating, and are they fat, and are they you know like you know it's motherhood isn't the only barometer of a woman's value, and we sure use it like one. And men don't seem to really have men can do other things, so even if they're not fathers, you know people look at whatever they do that makes them great besides fatherhood. What are some metrics that we should be using to judge women besides motherhood? Everything else? (laughs) Yeah, everything else. Yeah. 
you know, I don't really have any specifics. But I mean, like, you know, you're a job, but even even if you don't have, even if your job isn't your passion, something that you do well, that you're excited about. Even if it's just, I talk a lot and I have really good conversations, that's a good barometer. Like, children, there's some measuring stick and I don't even understand why. Right, like, for, like, can you hold a conversation? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you really want some dumb woman bringing your child into this world. I mean, let you know, I just kind of feel like, you know, and not not to be negative, but I do feel like there are so many other things that women should be judged upon, like our intellect. I mean, we're out here moving mountains every day, and the only thing people are concerned about is our collective uterus. And I'm just like, knock it off already. Do you guys think you'll have any regrets? I know that's something that, like, you probably feel that question all the time, but... Um not even thinking about like having someone wheel you into the nursing home, but um, <laughs> do you think you'll have any regrets about not having kids later in life? You know, I'm not sure whether I'll have any regrets. As of right now, I don't think it's worth the risk to not have any regrets, if, if that makes any sense. Um, if I end up changing my mind, and there's, there's an if, it's like a 10% if, but if I get, you know older and I said, you know, I'd, I'd like a child. Like I'd, I'd, I'm open to adoption. Um, I don't have to have birthed it myself. I'd rather kind of not, um, you know, but you know, I, if I do change my mind, you know, there, there are options, but willing to risk all of that just so I don't have any regrets isn't something I want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lolita, what about you? Not at all. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cut and dry for me. I don't think I'll have any regrets whatsoever. What is your social life like? Um, And how do you see it changing as more of your friends start to have kids? Um, Well, for me, my friends, we're kind of late bloomers, and I always have kids yet. Some of us are barely on the dating struggle, on the the front seat of the dating struggle bus. So um, that hasn't happened yet. But, I mean, we've talked about it. Like, my best friend, I know she wants, like, seven kids and wants to live in a cabin someplace. I'm talking to her about the cabin thing. But, I mean, I know that when she gets to that point, when she wants to settle down, I mean, I know that there are times I don't see her as often. That's natural. But, I mean, you know, you start grooming your circle, circle now. So you, at the point in time, I may have to be content with going out by myself sometimes to do things. But, I mean... it's just a little farther away for me in that sense. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I feel like my social life is fabulous. Um, like, I do have friends that are, you know, also childless like myself. Not saying they don't necessarily ever want to have kids. Um, but, you know, my best friend, she actually has a daughter who I think her daughter is like 12. So, you know, she's approaching her teenage years. Um, she's an awesome mother. But that being said, like, she still makes time to nurture our friendship. Um, you know, we just went to the French Antilles together back in February. Ooh. And, you know, like a lot of the time, like she's the one who will get me to some events that's going on before I even learn about it. Um, you know, on the flip side, I think with people who might just be having children or whose children are younger, um, I think it can be more difficult to preserve those friendships. Um, especially if one half of the friendship hasn't really chosen to I guess, have kids. Um, I don't know. I think ultimately with social life and friendships, they're pretty much like everything else. So, you know, eventually what you don't see will die. So, you know, if you have somebody who's your friend who, I guess, you know, they have children, it's going to take work on both sides to sustain your friendship, Um, you know, regardless of the circumstances. But, I mean, as far as my social life, like, it's great. That's great. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I was wondering, um, how do you think people with kids who may not um, who may not know you or who may know you? uh, How do you think they feel about your decision to be child free? Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I've I've encountered people who think it's like a personal insult when I say I don't want any children. But I mean, honestly, people will just say their comments and then I'll set them on the right path if I need to. And they're minding their business. But, you know, when it comes down to people with kids are going to have their opinions all the time. And that's one thing you have to do when you want to be a child-free woman, that people are going to come with their opinions if you need to express them. So just be prepared for that. 
So just kind of going back to what I said previously, and I'm being kind of facetious with this, but they probably view me as somebody who undervalues my legacy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like like I said before, like I'm always getting, oh, well, who's going to carry on your name? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And I'm looking at them like, what in the hell? First of all, I think it's completely selfish to even have a child for anything resembling those reasons, like carrying on your name, your legacy. Like, you need to worry about this child's well-being. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much, pretty much think that's it. Um, Seems like an outdated notion too. Like, there's a coat of arms somewhere, and if you don't have a kid, like that coat of arms is going to go up in flame or something. Right, and I also, you know, just kind of going back to a previous point that was made. Um, it really just goes back to people kind of thinking, "Oh, you're you're going to regret your decision later." Or, you know, you will change your mind. I had a friend who said to me verbatim, um, if you love someone deeply and he's hitting it deep, your body might change your mind. <laughs> and you just see, like, all the faces are so <laughs> horrified in the studio right now. Everyone is disgusted. <laughs> and then, and he said ovaries are powerful and demanding entities. And I'm just like, bruh, what? <laughs> no. This is not happening. Like, I'm going to have a baby for you and give it to you here. You know what I mean? Just to get you to just... No. No, I mean, he's a great guy, but I mean, you know, I also know he's somebody who is very much looking forward to, you know, having a family and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I guess he just hasn't met the right person yet. So he feels like my ovaries are going to waste pretty much. Ew. <laughs> There's so many heads shaking right now. <laughs> no one is okay with that. No, I've heard that. You know, if he's hitting your rash, you want to give him a kid. I don't even understand how that works. Like but, it's a gift? Like, like Right. Oh. And I've heard on the other more respectful side, if you really love a man, you know, you want to give him a baby. If you want to give my future husband a gift, I'll give him a Lamborghini. <laughs> you and these cars. I know, and these cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like, if a man really loves me, he's going to give me some Gucci. Forget a baby. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back with um, our last segment, Things That Gave Us Life, where we'll go around and tell um, something that made us happy. So, Shauna, what gave you life this week? So, on the way here, I was riding the stairs in Penn Station. I tripped and fell. Oh, no. And not only did people stop to ask if I was okay, my wallet fell in my bag. Someone was like, oh, ma'am, you dropped this. And everyone looked really concerned. like, are you okay? And so, don't ever let anyone sell you on that notion that New Yorkers are mean and nasty because they're not. It's true. Okay, you know, and as someone who moved here from Boston, no one's nastier than people from Massachusetts. Okay? Oh my gosh, I'm so, sorry. <laughs> so, you know, I said, I'm not a, I, I, grew, I was born in Jersey, grew up in Atlanta, whatever, not a New Yorker, but don't let anybody say, tell you that BS that New Yorkers are nasty because <laughs> it could have gotten ugly That's today. great. That is so, such a story. <laughs> that is, it's great. Uh, I've only been to Boston once and. It was raining the entire time. I didn't have my glasses on, but I decided that it was the worst place, like one of the worst places I'd ever been. <laughs> Even though I couldn't see anything, the like the vibe that I felt from all the like I can't do accents, but like all the Boston bros, I was just like, this is this is a lot. <laughs> so yay, yay, New Yorkers. Um, Lolita, what's something that gave you life this week? Um Well, I mean, what gives me like just honestly waking up every day? It probably sounds corny. No. Um, I would also have to say that being a part of this podcast, um, what? you know, I no seriously, like I I hope that you know this podcast is able to you know reach more women who have made the decision you know not to have kids and makes them feel super secure and fucking awesome in their decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, women shouldn't be shamed for it. I mean, I feel like live your life like it's golden. You know what I mean? You don't have that monkey on your back. You don't have the crumb snatchers. Crumb <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> snatchers coming behind you. Oh, you're so funny. You know, <laughs> taking up all your money and all your energy, all your qualms. Um, but yeah, no. 
I would definitely have to say just being a part of this podcast. I'm definitely glad, you know, I got this opportunity. Oh, I'm so glad that you were able to join us too. And I can't blush, but if I could, I would be blushing right now. <laughs> um, something that gave me life this week um, is an e-newsletter called Tomorrow Looks Bright, um, which highlights the best in creativity from Black women around the globe. I feel like we're living in this awesome time where, like, it's so easy. <laughs> and write it down. Tomorrow looks bright. We're living in this time where everyone um, is creating and feeling empowered to share their gifts with, you know, their their communities. And it's being amplified uh, so much by the Internet. And there are sometimes I just, like, go online and see something. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. I'm so, so glad to see this uh, this Black creative doing her in such a, a beautiful and compelling way. And this designer um, named Christy Tillman just curates all of that and puts it into a weekly themed email um, that highlights products and projects and websites created by Black women. So uh, that was something that gave me life this week, just seeing that in my inbox, along with um, all the other stuff that, that makes me happy and some stuff that doesn't make me happy, but <laughs> like Sally May emailing me. It's like, Sally, come, come on, get, oh, out, I hate of, them. get out of my inbox. <laughs> right. And they keep trying to change their name. So they're trying to trick you. Now they're not yet. Like right? I see you. Yes, exactly. I see <laughs> you. First mark. Yeah. Mm -mm, no, no. Delete. Know who you are. Delete. But tomorrow looks bright can stay in my inbox. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, so that's it. It was really great talking to you guys about this topic. Um, if people want to find you online where can they look you up i love twitter i'm on twitter at shauna reporter i'm shauna reporter on everything s-h-a-u-n-a -A, reporter r-e-p-o-r-t-e-r -E on everything nice and what about you lolita um so i am not on twitter often but when i am i'm on as at listen to lita that's l-i-s-t-e-n-t-o-l-i-t-a and um you can also find me on my website com. All right. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow Modern Mia on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at M-A-T-E-R-M-E-A. -E -E and if you have a topic idea you'd like us to discuss, you can email me at info at modernmia.com. Thank you and see you guys next time.